Welcome everyone to today's podcast extra episode. Bit of a change in uh, team here today because we have Dale. Jess is on holiday this week, so we have Dale who is the mastermind behind a lot of EN's marketing. So a lot of the stuff that you see of EN, it might not be Dale, but it is Dale behind the scenes. He is the one pulling all the strings. Um, And Dale is a particular guru in YouTube, on YouTube, about YouTube, with YouTube. Dale is a YouTube person. He knows more than anybody I know um, about YouTube and has spent the last, I don't know, two years maybe, Dale, getting seriously stuck into YouTube. So we thought, why not take this opportunity to grill Dale on everything he knows about how to grow business and how to generate leads and get sales via YouTube. Dale, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Tim. Thank you for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. So a lot of people think of YouTube as a a growth channel for influencers or for YouTubers, um, but they maybe don't think that their business is relevant for YouTube or that YouTube might not be a relevant channel for for their business to grow. Um, Just First up, straightforward, what sort of businesses have you seen doing well on YouTube and what are some of the common characteristics? I've seen pretty much every versicle do well on YouTube in some you know, shape or form. Uh, the question is like how you use it. So we've seen businesses like really dry businesses use it in a really fun way. So, you know, communicating with their customers and trying to make it exciting and sharing the same excitement with each other that they have. But we've seen, you know, exciting um, businesses use it in a really fun way, an informative way as well. So it really kind of depends on what kind of business you are, what you, your client or customer is into as well. Um, you know, some people may find the dryness of your subjects incredibly interesting and might just want to, you know, gorge and binge on your videos and they're really, really into it. But again, it, it comes back to like knowing what your audience is into. I think one of the things that surprised me as we've built YouTube more into our sort of marketing mix has been that there is a there is a niche, there is an audience for pretty much anything that you can imagine, right? They may not have hundreds of thousands or millions of followers, but you actually don't need, we'll come back to that later, you actually don't need millions of followers to make YouTube a very profitable source. But you can find pockets of audience about pretty much any topic, can't you? And it really is surprising to see some of the businesses that people are growing on YouTube. Um, but what about like what the company needs in order to be successful on YouTube? Because I know when we were running a mastermind, I was telling people, you know, you should be making videos. And they were saying, yeah, but, you know, I'm not very good on camera and that type of thing. So h- how do you h- how do you handle that? Do they need to be good on camera to be good on YouTube? I would say that you, it does help to be better on camera than, than not, but... Again, it comes down to really understanding what is the purpose of you being on on YouTube in the first place. If you're trying to educate people about what it is that you do, that you do or you sell or the expertise that you have, if you do it in 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 a way that's actually useful to people, the entertainment value of it is less important. Yes, absolutely, you can make it as entertaining as you like, and that's kind of what we try and achieve with our YouTube channel. Is trying to take information which could be dry. You could pick up a textbook and learn about marketing or digital marketing and you could do it that way you could go on a course and what have you but you could learn it in a more fun way that you want to stick around like one thing i have a problem with sometimes is i'm learning about a subject i'm reading through the blog post and it's ten thousand words i'm like oh my gosh i'm so bored 
but it doesn't have to be that way. Like the beginning of that blog of that blog post mm. could be a video. So at least give me the option to engage with it in a different way. So yeah, it, it really depends on kind of your your brand, your personality as well. Like if if your personality is quite dry, that might actually be beneficial to you. And again, it comes down to understanding what your audience audience wants. But we've seen like I remember this one um, YouTube channel I saw that was selling. Um, uh, custom-made bespoke table, wooden tables with like resin between it and stuff like that. And they're just sharing the process mm. behind how they do it. And not everybody can afford this $2,000 table or whatever it is, but people are fascinated by it. And people will stick around for a while and be part of your audience and your champion and will tell everybody like, oh, you should check out this YouTube channel. Increasing your, your you know, brand awareness. And then the people that do have the money will go, oh, that's amazing. I'm going to buy one of those. Or the people that have been watching for the last 18 months are going to say, you know, I've been saving and saving. I'm finally going to buy that damn table. So mm -hmm. it works. It can work for mm -hmm. literally any product. And uh, Tim, I know you're a massive fan of um, Legal Eagle. And they've taken a pretty dry subject. Um, perhaps yeah. you could share with people like, how, how it is the how Legal Eagle has built like a 2,000, 3,000, 4 million uh, subscriber channel. Yeah, I think um it like legal eagle so on the surface the pitch is here's a lawyer who talks about current news topics from a legal perspective right you're you're probably not thinking wow i definitely need to go and check that out but devon the the the, the face of legal eagle is passionate he's he he's in the sort of camp that he's really good on camera he's very articulate he can summarize his thoughts very quickly he's good at not waffling uh, we can only dream. Um, and, and and that works really well for him. So there's it's a format which is all him on camera the whole time. And and that works really well. Built a huge audience. I'm not sure he's even a practicing lawyer anymore because Legal Eagle has sort of taken over. Um, and I think a lot of people, when they think about, you know, we're going to, maybe we should experiment with putting our business on YouTube. They might think, oh, we need to be like the Legal Eagle of manufacturing or something like that. And that idea about being the the face of of a of a channel might seem a bit intimidating, but we also know, Dal. I know you like. Um, we, we've been spending a lot of time in AI and, and learning about AI, and a lot what of the just... top AI channels actually aren't face. You know, it's not a person's face. It might be as simple as someone just talking over a screen share or sharing some slides. And in that space, there are very few compelling presenters um and it's it's just a different vibe so i think there's lots of different ways to win on youtube aren't there yeah. you don't have to be the bright happy engaging personality you don't have to be funny you don't have to you know whatever have your hair a certain way or anything like this because whatever you know whatever your situation you will find someone who has made it work with what they've got absolutely um, i would say like you, you asked before about what you need to get started you i mean you really could just get started with a webcam or a phone or something like that the important thing is just kind of just to get started because i'm sure if mm. we went through like legal legal's channel went back to the very very beginning i can imagine they're not as highly polished as they are now the important thing <sighs> is that they just did a video shared something yeah. they thought that was interesting that people would actually find useful and then it grew from there like it's years down the road for legal legal and the same with with our channel you know if we go back we've actually hidden all of the old videos because that's not think about this um but but like if we go way back when when you know it was like 
the, the better quality camera that we had at the time, but also for the period as well and the studio setup and all that kind of stuff. Scripting or lack of scripting, I don't really remember. But but it was what, yeah, what, what you had. Yeah, it's what you had at the time, and you've developed yeah. in so many different ways as as has the channel. We found that uh, you know a certain kind of uh, entertainment value makes our videos um, more engaging, and people want to stick around for longer and watch more of the videos. Um, but we only learned that through trial and error. People still watch mm -hmm. the videos at the very beginning, and they became part of our audience, and some of them uh, our clients as well. But we. Yeah, it hasn't always been like as great as you know you and the video team are now. The best thing to do is just put something out there, see if it resonates. If it yeah. doesn't, try something else and keep doing it until until you find something you're happy with. Maybe the one thing that people need is passion, because I think if you don't have passion about the thing that you're talking about it's very difficult to keep engaged whereas if you do have passion people will sit through the most awful execution of the video as long as that you know as long as there's a passion and there's a there's a i guess a format that works and tiktok is possibly an example of this where you can find yourself down a rabbit hole of watching you know some dude in a field with a really highly trained sheepdog and you know what you're watching is a master at work and even if it's something that you have absolutely no interest in, there's something exciting and interesting about watching people that care about what they do, sharing it. Um, so that might be the, the the sort of only prerequisite to starting a YouTube channel. I don't know what you think, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. If you can't talk from a position of passion, then nobody's going to be as passionate as you are. Um, you know, I, I'm sure I could talk about YouTube marketing or about marketing in general and plenty of other subjects too for hours and hours and hours <laughs> I, I, i'm sure the, the tricky thing is knowing when to stop um but like if you if you do <laughs> if you work at a business um that you you care about or you own the business you can have a lot to say about it you, you i'm really fortunate that I, I happen to work in a business that i adore and work with people that i love to pieces and it's very easy for me to then go out into the world and tell everyone and businesses and marketing managers and heads of marketing and just how fantastic the ninjas are. And I just love the subject. I love the people. It makes it really, really easy. But if you're just half bothered about it, like just not giving it all of your passion, then it's going to be really obvious, as you say. And you're doing mm. yourself a disservice and probably going to lose customers rather than gain them. So if you are thinking about doing it, do so because you're passionate about the thing that you're trying to promote, at least. Even if the video quality is not great, even if you're not scripting yeah. or you don't have the editing or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Connie says in the comments, passion and knowledge in what you do. Yes, I think that's, an, that's a great point, Connie. You have to know what you're talking about. And that sounds sort of obvious, but you do see channels that... Um, maybe they clearly have a, a level of expertise. And to be honest, we've been guilty of this in the past where we know about some certain topics and then there's another topic that we want to cover because we think, oh, that'd be really cool. But those videos never do as well as the areas where you actually know this stuff and you know it inside and out and you're living it every, um, every day. So I, I totally agree with that. Dale, some people listening are going to be thinking, Oh, this YouTube thing sounds cool. Like I think our audience might be on there or pretty much every audience is on there. So that's, that's not really a thing. Um, but I think it could work for us, but I just don't think that our channel is ever going to have like hundreds of thousands of views or subscribers. 
What do you say to that? Do people need hundreds of thousands of views for this to make a significant difference to their business? No, I, I mean, it's great if you can get tens of thousands of views and millions of views. And that's a position we're starting to, to get ourselves into where we, you know, where the views will come eventually. But to begin with, you just got to pick the right subjects that people want to know about. And you can just, the way I'm thinking about it is in my head, it's like a marketing funnel where you're going to have 100 people at the beginning of the funnel and one or two or three or four or five at the end. And as long as you're kind of nurturing people through that funnel, whether that's a couple of different videos about a certain subject or you make it, um, you know, inform informative, educational, and then give them some form of action at the end, whether that's a call to action in your video or an entire video, which is a call to action, like um, let's take legal, for example, and you've got four videos. The first three are about, you know, business uh, laws in the UK. The second one is about hiring uh, stuff, something more, more specific. By the fourth video, your fourth video, it can be about... Um, literally about the thing that you sell and just say this mm. is the, this is what I do for my clients when they come through we do this and we walk through these steps and at the end result this is what we've achieved for this client so it's kind of like a case study but at the same time yeah. it's a way of pitching what you do so you can pitch throughout all of the videos and throughout all of the funnel but make that one I, I'm quite fond of this this uh, particular method but like use that one video to just be a pitching fest where you just you know give t tell people why they should love you and they should just crave your service or your product because this works for, for b2c or for e-commerce as well um i'm quite fond of that particular method i know like um there's that book the um the gary v book where it's you know what is it jab 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 right hook. exactly where you just kind of you get people a couple of different bits of content and then the final right hook is the either the call to action in the video or the call to action video in a chain of videos quite fond of video chains yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think, you know, this fear about we're not going to have hundreds of thousands of views initially. No, no, you're not. No, nobody does. Um, and if that was how the world worked, then I know that we've certainly been doing something very wrong. Because we don't get, you know, compared to big YouTube channels, we get virtually no, you know, if you look at the top 1000 channels, we're nowhere near it. But you can, I mean, for us that we noticed a business impact as soon as we started uh, producing videos consistently. And don't forget that you're not just using video for new customer acquisition. You can also use it in your, you know, in your customer journey and in, in your funnel. So absolutely, we send out videos to people on our email list and we get views that way, but we're not doing it for the views. We're doing it because actually it's a really good way of moving people along, of educating, of like Dale saying, making those case study videos, which are basically they're blatant pictures for your service, but because they're presented as a case study and they're informative and they're entertaining, it doesn't feel like a pitch, which just makes them even more effective. So you're not just relying on getting new customers through YouTube, you're actually using your YouTube channel to move your existing leads along in the purchase journey too. Think of it this way as well, that it's not just like a one and done, you're not done a video and that's it. There's so many different ways in which you can reuse that. Like just, we yeah. have done that for quite a few years now. Like people going through our email sequences will see the videos that we did in 2019, 2020, 21. Um, they're still usable and we can just go and drop them into blog posts that we have on the website as well. Like one of the kind of post publishing actions we have is that we'll go into the blog post and we'll, we'll put them where we find them relevant because 
And because of so what I said earlier about reading a blog post and finding a video, like some people learn, like people learn in very different ways. Some people are like, you know, they, they learn best when they read. Some people learn best when they hear. Some people learn best when they do. Um, if you give people the option in your content through video as well, you, you, you're helping them to better educate themselves about the thing that they're trying, the, the, the solution they're trying to find for the problem that they have. And again, you could put that video you did in 2021 into your social media. You can put it, you can re-upload it if you really wanted to onto YouTube too. You can then clip it and put that onto TikTok, clip it and put it onto Reels. The, the, it really becomes like an infinite resource that can be just reused again and again and again, as long as it's still relevant, as long as it's still actually factual. If, if for example, if we did a video about um, what is SEO, with all the changes that are happening with SEO, that video is not only going to stay relevant for so long that it's going to need a, 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 an update. Um, a video I was watching the other day about go-to-market strategy was like the third or fourth iteration because they'd learned so much in the previous 12 months that they needed to do a new one. The markets had changed, so they did a new one. And that can become like a cornerstone piece of content for you. So try to think of like um, HR as, a, as an example. We worked with a HR SaaS company um, and had some great success with, with their on-site content. One thing they could do is talk about you know, the trends in HR. That could be something that they do every year or you know, how to best manage a remote team could be a video you update every year and just make that cornerstone you keep coming back to. But it also, you can also pick subjects that just are slow burns. It will always be uh, traffic earners for you. Like for us, we have one about Shopify SEO, which is two years old, but still, still relevant, still usable, still functions today, but has been generating us traffic as our reviews and leads all that time. Um, so yeah, you should absolutely try and include some content and not worry about the immediate benefits of it, like you know, the immediate traffic or leads that you get, because you can use it in so many different ways. But also, it can be an evergreen piece of content that keeps bringing people through to your channel, through to your website, and through to your lead funnel as well. So you, you've touched there on, um, and what you're basically here, what you're basically talking about is that using the same sort of approach to YouTube content as you would to like writing on your website to blog articles or knowledge-based articles maybe talk us through the two different approaches that you can take on youtube so for people who are new to youtube you might think well you just make videos and you publish them but there's there's actually two ways that you can that you can win on youtube isn't there search and browse so maybe you could talk us through what the difference is between those and when people might want to use one or the other Okie dokie. So search and browse. So basically search traffic or search views are people who are searching for something on YouTube. So what is SEO as an example, or how to scale my marketing. And then browse are the people that see your videos on the home screen um, when you load on some via mobile or desktop. So the videos are just kind of in front of you. So both could be great for your channel. Both can grow your channel, some exponentially more than others. I would say browse can give you exponential growth, but it might not give you like consistent exponential growth and give you like a huge increase in views and give you new subscribers, new new um, viewers, watchers, whatever uh, phrasing uh, term you want to use. Um, whereas search can, can be really great for just bringing people consistently over time. And it's kind of similar to what you were saying about websites where with search, you 
do the keyword research and figure out what are the kinds of things that my customer, my buyer, uh, what are the problems that they're going through before they then inquire about my services and uh, try and buy my products? Mm. What are the problems they're trying to solve and create a video about it? So, you know, um, how long should a page title be or how to do an SEO audit? These are things people are considering in the beginning stages or the middle stages of our buying funnel. You create content, of create videos so that when people search for <laughs> how long should a meta to a page title be or how to do an SEO audit, our videos should appear. Uh, whereas with browse, you might want to, you can't guarantee that somebody's going to search that subject, but when it comes up, people see the, the, the thumbnail and they see the title and go, oh my God, that's fascinating. You helped a, a business to exit with 33 million pound buyout, exit, whatever. Like how, how did you do, what was the content strategy for that? I'd love to know that. That's not something you're going to search for, but my gosh, do you want to know the answer to how does did you do that and how can I do it for my business too? So when people are searching through social media or searching through YouTube, you're not necessarily looking for something, but sometimes you'll see some of the catches your eye. It makes you go, oh, that sounds cool. Mm -hmm. I want some of that. You click on it and learn more and suddenly you're in the ecosystem of exposure in just YouTube channel or, or Legal Legal or whoever else. Yeah, that's, that's a great... Uh... That's a great, um, a great description. It's, I guess it's a bit like the, the browse traffic is a bit like TikTok, isn't it? Where you see something that maybe you weren't looking for, but you see it and it catches your eye. These are the crazy thumbnails of people going, you know, that type of thing that's designed to hook someone who is just on the platform. And like you say, that can lead to the big growth, really rapid. That's the viral stuff. But then that we've also found, haven't we, that browse traffic can die just as quickly as it comes like if google's yeah. testing that video if youtube's testing that video of people and they're not engaging with it then that browse traffic will just level off because google will stop showing it to people and that's where you can have you can re-optimize that for search knowing that you can then get that video showing up for people that are searching for that topic um, and that's just a it's a keyword research seo job isn't it this is uh, this is what we're yeah. all familiar yeah. with in the explosion ninja world Absolutely. I mean, taking that HR SaaS uh, content marketing strategy video that we have, you can make it a fantastic browse success where it picks up 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 views, depending on how you do it or how good the thumbnail design is or the title. And then, as you say, six months down the line, or as soon as that browse traffic starts to die off, change it to how to create a HR SaaS marketing strategy and get people clicking through it from that way. And search traffic can be great for that. Like we've had some browse video successes where we've got 20,000 views or more uh, within like a week or two week period for one video. But then that may not see any more traffic after that point. That's like a, you know, a peak that messes up your graph. <laughs> but, you know, it's nice to see that, 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 that peak. But then we've got other videos on our channel that have got 150,000 views that have just been slow burning, just pulling people into our channel, watching more and more of our videos that, you know, you want to constantly have traffic coming through. Think of it like um, out of the home, out of house uh, advertising. For as long as you run those ads, people are going to come, you know, look at your product or buy your product. So as long as like KitKats are being displayed on the ads at the uh, the bus stop, I'm going to want to go and buy a KitKat. But as soon as it's not there, I'm not thinking about KitKats whatsoever. Yeah. Whereas like search is, you know, that's kind of what browse is. As long as it's in your face, you're going to get that that traffic through. through. But search visits to your videos are more like 
uh, Cadbury's Dairy Milk. Like for, for, for me, like you've know, like you've known it for for your entire life. When you were a kid, you just you know, Dairy Milk is like the brand. You just you, you know you just know it and you want it. For me, like search is kind of like that where you just you're searching specifically for a channel that you want to find. And so I would search like Exposure Ninja SEO or you know something like that. Like I specifically want to get that thing. Whereas KitKat might be like every now and again I might want but if 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 that really rough analogy makes sense <laughs> i'm hungry um <laughs> yes, it totally makes sense all right let's talk about some of the practicalities then so someone's listening to this and they're thinking all right yeah youtube might have a go at this but i need all the stuff i need all the gear so what do you need in order to just start with youtube and i mean sort of equipment wise but also what processes because you have to edit videos. You have to design thumbnails. Like, what are the component parts of a of a YouTube video from start to finish? Okay. The, the reality is that the bigger channels or the channels like ours, there are multiple people involved or piece of equipment involved. The entire thing is idea through to scripting, through to title and thumbnail, and then you know recording, editing publishing and promotion there's like a lot behind it there's like a big process but it's it is accomplishable as a one person band absolutely you can be wearing the drums and the accordion and all that kind of stuff you can do it it's just it's going to take you more time it's just going to take you your evenings or your weekends or if you're working on your own or trade or whatever your, your your situation is you can absolutely do that on your own it's not impossible and i would say that there's actually a bit more it's a bit more genuine when it is a kind of a smaller thing when somebody is in front of uh, in front of the camera by themselves in their office without the kind of decor that Tim has behind him. Like there's some, it's something a bit more genuine, and you feel like, oh, actually, that person's just like me, a marketing manager who's just trying to get more traffic and leads into the business. And you could just, you know, you can engage with that. You brought up at the very beginning um, some of the AI streamers that or AI video producers um they've kind of blown up over the last kind of couple of months very easy for them to do because of trends and stuff that's going to bring in a lot of views but they've been doing it with like just not even a very simple green screen behind them or nothing behind them literally like like my very plain background behind me because they're just sharing something that again they're passionate about or yeah. they know a lot about or they just know a lot that little bit more than you do so you don't need loads of stuff, but absolutely you could scale it up and you can scale it up. Like Tim's videos or the Explosion Indie videos were just Tim in front of the camera, just one camera static, very simple. And then it graduated into uh, better lighting and then a better camera and then a, re a video research person or, well, you know, an editor and then a video research person, a video scripter and all that kind of extra stuff that we, we have now. By... by no means are we like a huge team. It's just a couple of us that do this. But it started with Tim in front of a camera on his own. And I don't know if you edited the first videos or outsourced them. Like, what no, I think I was involved publish. <laughs> no time for that yeah, editing, Mark. <laughs> yeah, just as is. Like, that's another thing. You don't, your videos don't necessarily have to be um, edited. Like, you can just do a live stream or a, we a, a, a webinar or something um, using free tools like StreamYard, which is what we use. They have like a free plan, I'm sure, or just directly to to LinkedIn if you're a B two B and your audience is there. Just it's better to just start with something and then develop yeah. it as you learn more about video and as you learn more about what your audience wants. 
because your audience might not necessarily want very glorious, well-edited, scripted videos. They might just want somebody they feel they're having a conversation with, like a, a video podcast. Yeah. Which you could be watching now if... Uh, <laughs> We're live recording this over on YouTube at the moment, if you're listening in via our uh, podcast stream. So if, if you are and you want to watch along, you can join us every Tuesday at 12 p.m. BST, currently, GMT. Um, and yeah, join us live for the, the podcast instead. Exactly. Um, and actually, live podcasts are probably one of the easiest formats to do because you don't have to edit anything. You don't really need any special equipment. Most laptops have reasonably decent um uh, what do you call them? Webcams. And if you're on a Mac, you can use your iPhone as a webcam now. And it's got a the sort of camera that we would have killed for uh, five years ago. And it, it's, it's, it's pretty seamless. So yeah, equipment doesn't have to be. I also think people get hung up on all the sort of the, the fancy, the sheen. People won't watch your videos because you have a nice camera. That's just not a thing. They might not leave as quickly as if you look like you're a sort of a prisoner in a hostage situation. But they're not going to retain until the end of the video. Your channel isn't going to blow up just because you've got nice fancy equipment. You're only not going to lose people as quickly as you might have done if it looks absolutely terrible. So you don't want it to look terrible. But yeah, there's certainly yeah. a threshold at which it's just, it's just. Uh, I, I think that like the TikTok video, these TikTok era, YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, this yeah. kind of taught us a lot about what people are, are kind of accepting of. And they're they or what they value, what they find entertainment through. And entertainment isn't just like how many uh baubles can I smash in 20 minutes or whatever. It, it, it's like sharing stuff that makes me interested. Like I, I use YouTube Shorts a lot, and just the last couple of days uh, I found somebody who um uh they record they with like a GoPro kind of situation, but they're like a delivery driver in London. it's a fairly it's becoming a fairly big channel, but a biggish channel. And it's just interesting. It's just entertaining. It's just a person going around. Like, I don't know what their life is like. Now, I'm not buying from them, but did it make me want to do a delivery order? Yeah, it did. Did it make me want to go and buy a bicycle and maybe do it at the weekends? Actually, yeah, it did. But it was just entertaining. It had nothing to do with the camera quality. Yeah. It was all to do with just being edu uh, yeah, entertaining or for, for you know the businesses that are watching, educational and informative. Like our preference is edutainment, where you're just educating and giving people information that they can use. Like our ethos is always actionable marketing insights. So your business might be actionable legal insights that's edutainment, where you're just fun in your own way, but passionate and all this other stuff that you heard for the last 25 minutes. Yeah, we, we need to wrap up soon. But I just wanted to ask you very finally, Dale, there are a couple of things that people need to be good at if they're going to get any traction with YouTube. And that is titles and thumbnails, because without that, you ain't getting any clicks. So why are t titles and thumbnails important? And if we had to suck out the DNA of a great title and thumbnail from your head in a couple of minutes, what do they look like? Oh gosh, the import well, the importance and titles and thumbnails are the same as titles and meta descriptions in the search results. If you're not clicking, they will, nobody's watching. Like if if you don't click, there's no traffic via search. If nobody's clicking your thumbnail, nobody's watching your video. And clicks mean prizes. Is that the phrase? I don't know. But the, the more people watching your video, the more information or data that YouTube has, and when we talk about YouTube, to so then 
learn who else it should show that video to. So you should be optimizing your titles and your thumbnails to get people interested and having that curiosity gap, mm. which is, what is that? Like, or what, I, I feel like I don't know that, but I don't know that. Like, what, why is that? And you see, you should just go on YouTube and look at trending and you'll see a few of these, but just refresh your, your home screen on YouTube a few times and you'll see just how many like successful videos you can check like the views underneath the titles and thumbnails are so well done you can just kind of see i don't i don't know what that is but i know i want to see it and that's what you've got to put into your titles and thumbnails you've got to give people a clue what it's about but leave them thinking i don't entirely understand how you've achieved that or what you've done like how have you squeezed you know fifty thousand burgers inside of a volkswagen beetle or whatever or in the case of uh, for marketing or B2B, how did you earn that many leads? Or how did you reduce your um, CPA that much? Or just let people think, okay, uh, that's something I need to know more about. Mm. So create a curious curiosity gap in some way. Yeah, this is about packaging your expertise in a way that is interesting to people, isn't it? So I was talking to one of our clients yesterday who... Um, they uh, sell they they sell basically equipment to they sell fertilizer for your lawn essentially so they 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 help you get a nice lawn but that's not how it's packaged it's packaged as um, the business's golf course lawn and the idea the concept which I think is brilliant is that they want your lawn to look like a golf course so of course the the sorts of videos that are doing really well on their channel are like before and afters of these lawns and you see this horrendous thing that looks like it's you know whatever some horrendous thing with patchy grass and it's all horrible and then the next you know the the after is this amazing lawn now you might not think oh I'm really interested in buying some more fertilizer but I promise you watch some of these videos you you know you're scrolling around YouTube you see what is that really real? Is that can you really do that sort of before and after? You click on it, the guy's passionate about it. He educates you, shows you what it's all about. And you're buying that stuff. It's so engaging and absorbing. And this is a topic that if you said, you know, I'm going to make a, a YouTube channel about fertilizer, that's pretty much as boring as you can get. So I think it's about finding that angle that like you're saying, Dale, allows you to um, to, to use that curiosity gap to really pique people's attention and get the average person who may not have thought they were interested in this to go, what is that? I'm super into that. Yeah, absolutely. For us, it's a case of showing people the traffic that they could achieve or the revenue they could generate or the, the e-com sales they can achieve uh, or showing them that something is broken. Like, does your you know, does your lead funnel look like this? Does it have loads of traffic at the top and nothing coming out the other end? You know, or your rankings, have they dropped off a cliff like this? Or of your, you know, has your PPC expenses increased by this much? So you can give people a clue, like, this is a problem that you're going through and I have the solution. And it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be about marketing, but that's just what I know a lot about. Dale, thank you for sharing your knowledge on YouTube. We've uh, it's been a quite a wild ride over the last couple of years, hasn't it? Building the channel, and it's been really, really good fun. Um, if you haven't already requested a free website and marketing review from the team here at Exposure Ninja, then we clearly haven't pitched it to you well enough. 
Um, you should go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review, fill in a short questionnaire about your business. We will then send you a video showing you a marketing plan that you can follow in the next six to 12 months to significantly increase the volume of leads and sales that your business generates, including through channels potentially like video. So go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review to apply for that review. Dale, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you everyone for tuning in and we will see you next week. Cheerio.